Yeah, dude. back to us I'm like I mean we, we have different tones of voice yeah she's trying to say that I'm loud as fuck no I'm not I also have I when I described us I think it was like oh I said like your Italian <laughs> expressiveness and my California vocal fry yeah that's fair that's fair I feel like I do I do a lot of like chef's kiss when I'm talking about normal things mm. I'll just be like the chefs yeah, I, you can't see what I'm doing but like imagine me talking and I'm literally doing chef I kiss. mean I talk with my hands a lot too I remember once you likened me to Alexis from Schitt's Creek which I was like I feel okay about this <laughs> did I say that <laughs> yeah I think it was a particular moment I don't think you were saying like that I was like her in general yeah I, but I would I can see that me saying that but I don't remember it I'm here for it anyways Welcome to fascism. It's kind of late, you guys. We're committed. Um, fascism is a podcast where two besties, life partners might say, you know, um, <laughs> chosen family get together and talk about their passion. Fashion. Passion for fashion. We don't say that every episode, actually. This is the first time we've said it. If you're tuning in, don't worry. We're not this corny. Or I like it. I don't know. We I'll stand behind it. We had this argument last time. Oh, with um, Emma from Crossroads. She was like, I had a passion for passion. And I, we were all like, no. Yeah. We were like, it's fine to rhyme. Is it? Is it fine to rhyme? Yeah. How do you feel about it? God, I have not really pondered this, to be honest. <laughs> You're like, I'm not ready. I just assume if a poem rhymes, it's not going to be the best poem. Oh, interesting. I do prefer non-rhyming poems, I guess. But I do like the the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, and that, like, kind of rhymes. You know, I like when the sounds sort of sound nice together. I like it when it's, like, leaning into the corniness, and it's like, I'm going to rhyme and be slightly corny and it make it endearing. I don't know. Anyways, fashion. Yeah. If you don't like it, why are you here? Or Tell maybe me. you're maybe you're curious. Maybe you're like, I heard about this from Richard, the <laughs> the guy who's in charge of unions. I, this is a bad intro. We might have to get rid of a lot of no, this. no, 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 no. Anyway, yeah. regardless of what reason you're here, we talk about a lot of stuff. There's something for everyone. We're not for everyone, but there's a topic for everyone yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, even if you think you're not interested in fashion. Yeah, we go over a lot of things, and a, and a lot of it relates to culture. And I feel like this episode, especially, is kind of like showcasing the now and present of yeah how style affects us. It's a very topical episode. But before we get into it, you should follow us on stuff, like us, tell your friends. Um, We're desperate. Oh, Jackie, look what I made. Oh, okay. Hope just pointed <laughs> to a map. I was wondering what that is. I was like, no, she's just gone to all these places. No, oh my god, no. Why are they different colors? Just because you were having fun with it? Yeah, I was just using. <laughs> I was just using all my markers. She was like, I gotta be creative. I gotta stay. I gotta stay creative. Okay, well, okay. Hope wants to have a party. If y'all tuned in last episode, Hope wants to have a party. Once we have a listener from all 50 states. So tell your mom, tell your brother, like, if they're all over, like, extended family, get them. I just want to have a party where we dress up as state slogans. But I also feel like it's exciting. I just like... It's fun. Collecting data. Yeah, so I I printed out a map at work, and then uh, I'm coloring all of them in. So, okay, what state on there that's not colored (laughs) in do you you hope to get a listener from next? Okay, I do not... I think Idaho is going to be a hard sell. Yeah. 
I feel like Idaho is... Do y'all know anything about Idaho? I mean, I like Boise. I'm sure. Maybe we can get somebody from Boise, but Idaho just now... Yeah. They just legalized, like, all kinds of wolfing. Like, they're like... you Wolfing? Can, like, hunting wolves. Oh. That used to be on the endangered species list. Mm. And they think, like, there's this misinformation that's been, like, spreading about um, killing... De- like, the wolves are killing de- deer, and they're, like, killing, like, 1% of the... Whatever. And so now they're all hunting the wolves at any rate possible. And it's kind of like a fuck you libtards situation. And I mean, like, any means possible. They're like machine guns, whatever it takes. Like, yeah, that is Idaho. That's Idaho for y'all. Anyways, that's what I want to win, I guess. That's what I want. That's what I want. We got to get them on on our side. Um, Okay, so what's trending for you? Oh, despair. That's uh, what I've been feeling. I've been feeling like I'm spiraling this past week. It has not been a good week. I've just been spiraling, just worrying about like if I'm ever going to be at the place that I want to be. And it's just, I'm trying so hard and I feel like I still have so much more work to do. And I'm like, will I ever not have my job and be feel comfortable? And I'm just like, even talking about now just makes me like really sad and stressed. And you mean, will you ever not be at your current job? You're yeah, saying? yeah. And I want to save money, and I can't. It's just so hard to live. Mm-hmm. So I'm just having an existential crisis, I guess, in the sense that I'm just like, how do I crawl out of this? And I really want a GIS job, almost to the level that I'm like, I will suck anybody's dick for a fucking goddamn GIS job. Honestly, what's one more BJ? I mean, anyways. So if you know somebody and you're hearing this. <laughs> hire me (laughs) (laughs) depending on your connection you may or may not want to tell them the part about her being willing to suck their dick or maybe if you need someone committed but they're probably not right yeah oh my god anyways what's trending for you hope um i feel like things are really in flux like this week i was trying to decide whether to leave my job or not um and I was, like, actually sick to my stomach about it. Was, like, really, really stressed. Um, And then Brian's also deciding about grad school. So things feel up in the air. But, like, I I like to mentally prepare for all this stuff. Like, I'm thinking about him being in grad school. And I'm, like, maybe I'll – I mean, whatever. I have a lot of hobbies. I I hang out with friends. It's not like I'm, like, what am I going to do when my boyfriend's on campus all the time. But it will be a change. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, like, thinking about, oh, like – yeah, maybe I'll start taking painting class again. Maybe I'll, like, you know, just put all of my energy into this podcast, which I already spend, like, multiple evenings a week on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, three. We could, honestly, though, we could do more if we wanted to up our game in social media, but that's, like, the only way. God. I honestly feel like only TikTok's worth it at this point. Yeah, I do, too. But anyway. Instagram, we got, like, six likes today, and I was like, fuck you, world. Anyways, we love you. We love yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Instagram night might not be the place for it. It's like, I don't ever really look at podcasts on Instagram. Yeah, and it's also really hard to become popular now on Instagram. Yeah. Like, anyways. Instagram sucks. Yeah, it does. You, Jackie told me a long time ago, <laughs> and I semi-resisted because I do like photos, but... You're pretty popular on your account, from what I know. Like, you But, know. like, can, we already have, like, more followers on TikTok than I have from being on TikTok for, like, a month. Exactly. 
um, which is why TikTok rules. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, things feel like they're in flux. But, and also it's like on the precipice. Like Brian and I made tons of plans for April and May, like a bunch of concerts. We're going to two weddings, going to see Hamilton with his parents, going to the desert for a week next week. And I feel like things just got started. Like we went to see Wet Leg, which was super fun. That was fun. That felt like it kicked it kicked things off. We went and saw Alt J this week. Which oh, how was, was like, that? It was good. I mean, I'm not like a huge Alt J fan. I listened to them, you know, when everyone else did. Yeah. And I feel like I know that one album, like everybody else does, like by heart, but mm-hmm. I could not name a song. Yeah, so it was fun to hear the ones I knew, but they sounded great live. Like, they're really good at guitar, and they're really good at singing, the way they harmonize together. Um, Oh, and then there was one moment when he stopped the show because someone, like, needed help in the crowd. Like, I feel like everyone's doing that now because of Travis Scott. (laughs) No, I think people were still doing that beforehand. (laughs) I I mean, I've never seen anyone do it at a show, and I've been to a lot of concerts. You know what? If it, if I'm fine with it though. I know. I think it's good. I think it's good. But I was just joking with Brian like someone sneezed. Now they're going to just like drag them out so that I don't know. No, it's good. I'm glad that they're, I'm glad that they're doing it. I just have to be snarky Wait, about everything. Wait, who what was happening in the audience? I don't know. I mean, we were so curious. They were like, "Can we get this person some help?" And then he told some anecdote about some time that he got too high and he reminded everyone to drink water. I'm like, it's Alt-J on a Tuesday. Like, what? <laughs> on a Tuesday. That's the key, really. Right? I, I was just like, was someone... Man, yeah. someone was going hard, but... That's so funny. But yeah, Alt-J does a lot of drugs, I think. Like, really? my friend of a friend went on a tour with them, and I think they did a lot of coke. <laughs> you heard it here. I, I believe that. that. They had a song that had the word cocaine in it, and I was like, to Brian, I was like, minus points for actually saying cocaine. You're supposed to say, like white noise or like really lady rhino i don't know what about sex when people say the word sex are you like oh disappointing that you peep there's a whole song called save a horse ride a cowboy (laughs) 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 or my i'm my whatever the pony song my genuine i just feel like cocaine in particular there's all these funk songs and like old 80s songs that talk about like there's a lot of metaphor and imagery of like I don't, white, the white zebra, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I just think it's so lame to just go out and be like, cocaine, but whatever. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, wrap that one up. Um, we don't really have media hall today, but I guess we have, like, we can follow up on our last episode's media hall. Media hall is, like, the, the small stories that we do before our big meaty topic. Yeah, so we talked to Emma last, or a couple weeks ago now, about Crossroads unionizing. They won. They are unionized now. Um, Unanimously voted. So everybody that was a part of the Crossroads voting voted yes. Wow. Um, Which is really amazing. And Broadway also, in general, that's where they are. Starbucks just also was the first Seattle place in, in Seattle. The first Seattle Starbucks. Yeah, thank you. Help me here. Well, which is, we're the home of Starbucks. Oh, it was the original Starbucks. It wasn't the original one. It's the first one that's unionized. Oh, I see. In Seattle. Gotcha. But it's on Broadway as well. And so Broadway has just become a unionized town. I hope it spreads. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because I I didn't tag Crossroads on that first post that I made about Emma being on the podcast. And they watched it. They somehow found out and watched it. I saw them that they watched it. But then when I 
tagged them and the other ones, they didn't watch any of those. Hmm. So I was like, what's going on here? But also, they didn't post about the union winning. I'm sure, of course they didn't. Which I guess not, but I just think that's really, I mean, I wouldn't, I, there's pros and cons. I wouldn't love, like, my company definitely is, like, used it as a marketing gear and was like, look, we're unionized now, like, and sent it out. And I was just like, mm. So I don't know if I would like that or not, you know, for them. But I do think it's kind of interesting that they're not even acknowledging it or mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I they, wonder if they listened. To the podcast? Yeah. <sighs> I'm interested too. Somebody, a lot of the random people that are pro-union. My Richard reached out to me, that was the joke earlier, and told me that he definitely listened to the podcast. So last episode, Emma and Jackie realized they knew the same union rep and they were very excited about it and had... A gl- just glowing things to say about him and he listened and I mean yeah pretty cute it was pretty cute um also Condé Nast Day I, you I thought it was Condé Nast you're probably right why are you trusting me with the like, I mean I don't know I can't even say how so was her name yesterday last surrealism oh Scaparelli I forgot to say that last episode that like I was glad that we re-recorded it because I'm pretty sure I said her name wrong every single time the first time we recorded this last one I said her name wrong I think every time I said her name like in a different way (laughs) (laughs) yeah the spaghetti I mean yeah Yeah. and you're the Italian yeah but it's just like a hard word anyways Connie Naste whatever is unionizing as well. They're trying to, which is amazing. So something's in the air. Also, the Costume Designers Guild is asking for equal pay. And what that means is costume designers are 85% women and production designers are 85% men. They are working for hire and and there are two department heads doing what this person thinks, um, what the Costume Designers Guild thinks is an equal job. But because Costume Designers Guild is mostly made of women, they aren't getting paid the same. Honestly, try to make a movie without costumes. Yeah. I just know someone in, who does music and buys their clothes off Amazon, and you watch the videos, and you're like, I can tell that that's cheap. Yeah. Like, it takes me out of the experience, because it's like, you need people who know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, on that's just like a music video, or like for like period pieces, or like anything, really. It, it takes so much work. There's so much talent that goes into it. And a lot of celebrities would agree with you. They're also like posting like we would be naked without them. Like you, we have to pay equal things. Anyway, so their union started later. So at a base rate was set, and this person saying it's just like not fair because of how they unionized and they set this base pay during negotiations. They didn't know that they were comparing and contrasting. It's kind of complicated in the sense that once you start negotiating, you set a base pay, mm-hmm. and it's already assumed like through how you negotiate that's going to be your pay so and women are going to negotiate at a smaller smaller rate so even though unions are amazing and i'm very pro-union there's still like serious bias starting out Mm -hmm. does that make sense kind of i mean it seems like it's like anything like you have a pay rate and there's negotiating there's negotiating yeah and it's just funny because it's just made of women, and that's the that's why they're making less. That's pretty much yeah. why. I mean, it's like a story, a tale as old as time. Right. It's like, yeah, women's work is devalued for whatever reason. It's pretty dumb. <laughs> it's super dumb. It's because women are like, we're too chill. I don't think anyone just would describe us that way. Oh, we're not. But I think, like, in general, I think we accommodate more. We do, yeah. Way more than men do. Well, and it's just been assumed for... I mean, whatever. We don't have to get in, like, a whole conversation about 
pay gap, but it's like it's been assumed for so long that like women there's someone else in the household making more, so it's like you don't have to make that much. Exactly. Oh my gosh, Tabarella over here. I know, I'm like everybody ignore me. Okay. Let's get into the meaty part. Yeah, we're talking about euphoria today. Who would have thought? I Is it still relevant? <laughs> God, know? I mean, the, yeah, the media cycle just, it's hard to keep up with. Okay, so this topic was your idea. You had been seeing a lot of euphoria content on TikTok. It was what, like the most talked about show on social media ever? Yeah, I think it was the most tweeted a show ever is what it was and I mean there was so much on TikTok that I if I didn't get the reference I was like I would assume it's from Euphoria and then people in the comments would be like what is this and they were like you just assume it's Euphoria so like there are other people like me that was just like what is this TikTok content why is it coming my way mm-hmm. and I don't because it doesn't it, was, it felt like an inside joke that I wasn't hitting you know and it was it was just ooh my booby it's just popping it out it's coming out <laughs> <laughs> anyways um, yeah so uh, it was euphoria was like all over my TikTok and I had no idea and then I I saw somebody's like tweet that was just like if you haven't watched euphoria yet you are a person that does not succumb to peer pressure so that makes me wonder what who is watching euphoria what age group. Definitely Gen Zers. Like my coworker, they are like twenty five, mm-hmm. like the cusp of like the young millennial yeah. and Gen Z, older Gen Zers. Okay, yeah. Who watches you for? Yeah. Oops. Sorry. Research on the show. Um, we're mm. hoping that teens. Is that what you're getting to? That's just on Reddit. Reddit's really reliable. Are you kidding? Well, but I think that they're just... I don't think this is, like, data. They're just saying... (laughs) What? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) It's literally a bar chart. It's literally data. Yeah, she was like, I don't know if it's data. It's literally... Yeah. (laughs) It's between 18 and 24-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, like I predicted. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like... I mean, also, who's on Reddit? That's also 18... I don't know. Whatever. Everybody I think that's probably a safe guess. Everybody that's under the age of forty is on Reddit, and then yeah, so that is a safe bet. I mean, like that's a crossover too of like who's on Euphoria. I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought HBO Max, and I just you bought it well, through Hulu. Through Hulu. Okay. Uh, let the, I mean, <laughs> I I am now the CEO. I own it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I put the pedal to the metal and I watched all two seasons. So initial thoughts, very frightening. So I didn't know what the premise was at all, at all. So I was like, she's doing drugs in the first episode. Like, what's going on? It felt it felt like it started off very abrupt. I mean, honestly, it does. But what kind of frightening? You're just saying, like, you're, like... It was, it was always... It was already just very heavy. He- yeah. Because it wasn't, like, boo, scary. It was, like, you felt, like, an intensity... Something bad was going to happen, basically. Yeah. And it's just... It's kind of, like... I don't know. The word, like, pernicious comes to mind. But I don't know if that's the word I'm thinking of. Like, it was, like, really triggering right off the bat. Like, high school boys being really cruel to women. Yeah. Yeah. And that was very triggering. Uh, I just can't believe. Yeah, because it brought back so many memories of me thinking that was normal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it makes me sad. It's Yeah, because it's like, oh, 
this is how it is still, but now they all have, like, camera phones? Yeah, I think so. Anyways. Yeah, so a lot of tits right out the gate. <laughs> they hit us with small tits, big tits, just like we get to see both of them first episode. <laughs> and it's... It was very, like, why are we focusing so much on the tits? Right, which, of course, is a critique of Sam Levinson. Yeah, so, like, a lot of nudity. Okay, they have, like, their girl group, and there's one of them who wears a Hawaiian shirt. I'm assuming she's the lesbian of the group. And you weren't wrong, technically. What? Oh, she's a lesbian in real life? No, she's, the, she like, well, she's dating a trans woman, but... No, 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 not, um, not Zendaya. Barbie Ferreira was in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because she's the virgin, and it's like, she's got this Hawaiian shirt on, and then she, like, sucks one dick, and then all of a sudden she becomes, like, a BDSM queen. It's like, (laughs) it kind of, it annoys me, because it's like, why can't she be sexual and also wear Hawaiian shirts? (laughs) No. I, I, 100% down with that. I agree with that. I think it's her trying to figure out, she wants to be seen as sexual, right? Mm -hmm. So she's wearing the outfits that would give her the the sexual attention that she desires. Right. I mean, definitely. It takes a long journey for us women to realize that you can wear a lot of different things and still be sexual. (laughs) Like, you don't don't have to be overt. Though being overt can be fun. Well, it's so important because it's like, you don't have to be attractive at all and you can be still sexual. That's the thing that I think our society really needs to get the fuck over. Mm -hmm. Is like, sexual beings doesn't allude to femininity. And I feel like this show almost embraces the fact that you have to look a certain way to be sexual. I was about to say, because they don't dress Rue up like that, but then Rue is not sexual. Pretty much almost, like, we don't see her have sex at all. Well, and that's like a plot point is that she, I mean, it's because she's on drugs. Like, she can't feel it. And she's also just not a very sexual person. Like, Jules, remember, is talking to Elliot about it. So, yeah. General feelings, takeaways from the show... Before we dive into the the costume design. Do you have the... uh, Outlines right there. Oh my god, you're so smart. Yeah, so I hate it. I hate the show. Hate it. Hate it. Are you going to watch the third season or whatever? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Only because I do think it is beautiful and stylistic in a way that... I like I like especially second season the, their use of spotlight I was like mm-hmm, beautiful mm-hmm. perfect the lighting was really cool yeah and I mean yeah and the blues and the pinks mm-hmm. ugh. yeah it was it was gorgeous of course you're gonna have to suspend your sense of belief like there it, there's no it's not really rooted in reality it's a fantasy world that feels realistic for example season two as you probably have seen Lexi makes a play that there's no way in reality that play could ever be made on a high school budget it's like there's like a choreographed dance with like football player like that part I'm like no way there's just like a lot of things that you're just like no way especially like as we'll talk about the outfits in season two nobody could really afford and 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 they're leaning into that and that's fine um and that's why I want to stay interested in it because it is so surrealist. Maybe it's I would say almost more like magic realism, magical magic. realism, where it's like a real setting, a true place that actually exists, but with like magical elements. Yeah, which is like giving it so much credit. Yeah, it is giving it so much credit. But like the story, there is nothing there in the story. A fucking fourteen-year-old could have written this. Yeah, and like Nate and Cal, like their characters are just so like Nate is like not a person who exists. But I think they do. I think I can name some in my head. That's really? Like, 
Well, the level he goes to is really psychotic. Like, it's just you have the key to your dad's collection of sex CDs you've known for years. Like, it's just a lot, and it felt, like, kind of unnecessary. It's it's just trying to be shocking. Exactly. Again, and I'm just like, what, why? And that's the thing. It's like they have a trans character, which is so cool. And it didn't make a big deal, big deal about yes. it, which I really liked, yes. too. But then it's like, why does the trans character have to be embroiled in a really toxic sexual situation and, like, also be the reason that this dad is, like, corrupt in our eyes? And it's like, yeah, sure, a ton of shows have done the storyline where the parent has, like, a heterosexual affair. And so this is just, like, something different. But it felt like they were trying to make it so shocking or so, like, over the top. Like, him being gay is, like, what a surprise. Right, and then, like, he has to be at these, like, parlors with all of these trans women around him where I'm just also, like, is this, like, a trans, like, honky-tonk? Like, what is this place? It felt very, like, is this a barn? I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, he... His character doesn't need to exist at all, I feel like, in a sense. I just... I'm also just, like, what is in his chili? His chili? Oh. That's so award-winning. Did you say that to me? No. But I was like, I had to tell Hope that. That is so funny. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, how I related to that story. Because I made an award-losing chili. Yeah, but uh, Nate's dad, pedophile, winner... Oh, sorry, um rapist or whatever what is it called statutory rape hope really argues against this uh, pedophile versus sex uh, i wasn't gonna argue with it (laughs) but he has award-winning that's yeah i don't trust five years in a row people who make good chili i mean i think that's what i'm getting to yeah i do like the idea of like the third season they really dig into what (laughs) makes that chili so good okay that'd be more interesting than those plot lines that we so much of it like he brings his dad a USB drive with all of his porn, and then the police come. It was just, like... Yeah, because, like, Sam Le... What's his face? Sam Le... Levinson. Is the only writer for this show. Yeah. And it's so very clear. He thinks he's so fucking smart that he doesn't need any of the writers, but you do, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the plot, like, the, like, character development isn't going there. And I, I know, I don't like being that person that's, like, we love to all be critical. But it's just, like, for the credit that this show gets, I think it leans on more. I just, it's not a good representation of character growth. And it's not yeah. a good representation of, like, being consistent of the characters. That's what I'm saying. Like, with Barbie Ferrer's character, like, Kat, like, she has sex once and then it's, like, so quick. All of a sudden, yeah. she's a sexual being. And then, like, with... Nate, his dad leaves, and then all of a sudden he's a good person. It's like just him being there was causing you to be horrible, and then he leaves, and you like return that CD to Jules, and like, yeah. It's just, yeah, and it's just, I don't feel like they're relying on the complexities of human nature. They're relying on us to be like, oh my God, oh my God, what? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Like, except for Rue. We're only giving Rue kind of more depth about like why she is the way she is and how she's like sweet one way and then really like not the other way and that's because it's based on fucking sam right which like it's i also have a gripe that like he had to take his life story but then cast beautiful women in order to make it interesting like (laughs) that's a good point and sexualize them in order to make people watch it 
Yeah, and this show is based in, in Israel. Israel. It was out of the same name. Was it? Did he write the Israeli version? No, but like him and a head, you know, a head person for HBO got it talking about it. He was like, "You want me to write a show about that? We can do that." And he's like, "And I also have personal experience." With drug use. Wait, so someone talked to him and was like, we want to make this, but for the U.S. Yeah. So what's the what's the similarity if he wrote a whole new show? It's not a whole new show in the sense that um, it's about teenagers' drug use, like, caught up in stuff. And uh-huh. it's kind of shocking and sexual. And it didn't do well in Israel because it was so conservative of, of a country, supposedly, and lasted one season. But even this concept isn't original is what I mean. What is? Right, what, what is? Yeah. But it's also very, it doesn't, it feels like Degrassi gone, like. That's what I was thinking. It's, it's Degrassi, like, but, like, hypersexualized. Right. Yeah. And a way that's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, it's glamorizing abuse. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like, yeah, probably depends on the viewer. It doesn't feel glamorized to me. It feels like revolting. But we're older and yeah. we've experienced these things. Right, these, right. I feel like younger kids like see this and they'll be like, oh, I got to be like Cassie or I got to be like. Right. I mean, I was saying like watching the show makes me think about what a weirdly conservative parent I'm going to be because I'm just like, I don't want my kids to watch Euphoria. I don't, I don't want them like sucking dick on camera. <laughs> I mean, I don't want them either. But, you know, it's complicated because you're just like. What, what kind of conservative are you going to be? Like, you don't want them dancing with their midriff showing? Is it because you don't want... If you're, I'm assuming that you're going to have some girls or something, right? Mm-hmm. Are you scared of them, like, men being fucking gross and disgusting? I'm scared of them, yeah, like, people being mean to them or, or them being in dangerous situations. I feel like that's just going to happen. What if they're, like, team captain of their soccer team or something? Like, they don't have to be, like... Not every kid is, like that like that that's fair not every kid's like that some kids are like i don't i'm scared you know i mean they can have sex in high school it's like it's just yeah i hope they can (laughs) well whatever you were the one who said that people shouldn't have sex until their brains are fully formed oh yeah yeah i stand by that (laughs) but anyway okay so we'll get let's get into the costume design i'll say that one takeaway i'd like to add about the show is that i did think there were some very good actors in it there, and there are a lot of them are first-timers. There is some, a lot of good actors in it. Um, that one girl that barely says anything, that's like the third person of Maddie and Cassie, is the worst actor, though. Dude, ever. why is she only sometimes there? Well, second season, I think she got she said some racist shit, apparently. Oh. I don't know where or how, but like people say that she was like racist as fuck and said like the N-word or something. Oh. And she got less airtime for that. But not enough less airtime if that's really the case. Yeah, also her acting is bad it's as bad. well. Yeah. So, but yeah, Cindy Sweeney, I thought was really good. She's like a really good actress. Uh, she was complaining in an interview saying that like people didn't give her any credit until she did White Lotus, but she's so proud of the work she did in Euphoria, but she said that people don't notice because you get naked. And I'm like, I think they also just people don't take teen drama seriously. Yeah, I would say her acting so good that I believe that's who she was. Which, which from what I've gathered, it really isn't. Like, she's yeah. a very, like, cheery, blah, blah, blah person. Blah, blah, blah person. I, well, it's getting later. <laughs> but, yeah, she's very good. Um, White Lotus, she acts totally different. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. 
I hated that show. I mean, I loved it, but I just like had to fast forward at the end. It was too Euphoria or White Lotus? White Lotus. Both oh. both Euphoria White Lotus. I loved White Lotus and yeah. Euphoria. I had to fast forward so much. Basically, anytime they were like shooting, it's like... I basically fast forward through a lot because I just... Yeah, it, I was stopped for an outfit. It was basically the whole show I fast forward through. <laughs> I was there for some of it, but like... Most of it, I'd say. But I just felt like it was always trying to pull me into this emotional depth that I was just like, uh, uh, uh. That's the other thing about it. They try to pull you into, because, like, being a teenager is so heavy of that yeah. experience, so I get it. So, like, all the severity around it, all their experiences are real to them, mm-hmm. and I, I felt that way. If, like, anything happened, it would be, like, the worst thing ever yeah. or the best thing ever. Like, but... I just, like, there wasn't, for me, as an audience member, like, I couldn't be tied into, to like, the emotional aspect because it felt so shallow in a lot of ways. A lot of things where I'd be like, that's not even a real problem. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Jules's issues are all very real to me, but Amrose, whatever. It just didn't feel like something I could, like, I really relied on as, like, caring about. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Okay, so costume design overview. We've got costume designer Heidi Bivens. Okay, can we talk a little bit about her? Sure. Okay, first off, I think Heidi is a hot name, hot girl name. Totally. Okay, thank you. I wrote that in my notes. I love it, yeah. (laughs) That's a take that I I don't feel like I should elaborate or argue. It's just concise and true. It's fact. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Heidi Bivens went to Hunter College and majored in film and grew up in the, in New York City in the 90s. So there was a world where she wanted to enter costume design and costume like styling. Um, but there was two separate worlds of like costume styling and actually like film world. Mm. And not a lot of people crossed over. Hmm. But she ended up meeting some people and finally finding her groove and became the stylist that she is now. And she dated Justin Thoreau. For like 10 years. Do you know who that is? I'm going to do a TikTok about this and no one's going to care, but I care. Okay, I just stopped myself. I feel very proud. I was about to be like, wait, like the Canadian Prime Minister? No. <laughs> that would be insane, <laughs> but no, that's who, cool. Who's Justin Thoreau? The only reason I know about Justin Thoreau is because he got married to Jennifer Aniston and they got divorced after like two years, but she, they were still dating when he started hooking up with Jennifer Aniston. Was this, did he date Jen Pre or post Brad? Oh, post, baby. Post. He's, like, way younger than her. Like, 10 years younger. Okay. And, yeah, she apparently... I mean, this is tabloid stuff, but she was like, dude, he's a free fucking bird. You're not going to be able to keep him around. Like, Who said that? Heidi? Heidi to Jennifer. Whoa. And, you know, they got divorced. But I just, like, also some of the photos, I'm like, Justin Thoreau obviously thinks he's the shit. And I'm like, Heidi... I'm, like, mad at Heidi for dating him for so long. And then, like, the only reason they broke up is because he started fucking Jennifer Aniston. Oh. Yeah. Look up Jennifer, like, and Heidi. Heidi pictures. That's, like, some, he has, like, a fedora on and some of these because they're old. Yeah, I haven't looked up any photos of her yet. Wait. Is this her? Mm Mm-hmm. That's younger her. Look how douchey he looks. Yeah, he's got, like, the really long mustache. He, He does the eye thing that really annoys me. She's a, such a babe. Yeah, she really is. Um, ooh, here they're being all like Burning Man. They've got like X's on there. That that's Charles Manson in the Manson family costume. It had to be. Uh, yeah. Now you're falling into a hole. 
But anyways, that's interesting. He's in movies that I've never seen. He's also been on Amy Sedaris' show that I like as a character because they're friends, but whatever. Um, anyways, so she started doing movies, and she got really popular, and Beach Bum got voted most fashion movie in 2019. Don't ask me by who. I just read it somewhere. Okay? Someone voted. And someone voted. Um, Have you... I've never heard of that movie. Okay. Have you seen it? Google it again, baby. Um, and because it's got Matthew McConaughey in it and um, movie. I think... Yeah. And you can just look at the images. And it's it's very, like, beachy. Ooh. Yeah. And it's Love very this. fun. It's very fun. Um, and he's, like, a stoner. Like, I've never watched the movie, but he's very, like, a stoner on the beach. Matthew McConaughey, like, has long blonde hair and, like, very colorful. Yeah, this is very fun. This reminds me of, like, Mira Makati, the a designer. She, it's just very colorful. Oh, you gotta send me her stuff. So, but related to the show, what other sh- movies did he, she did? Spring Breakers. Breakers. Spring Breakers was another one. That was the, her big break, kind of, basically. Mm-hmm. She also, no, her big break, mm I take that back is Jim Carrey. Help me with this one. Uh, Internal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Oh, really? Why? Was that like... That was like her first like movie. Okay. So, and then what a movie to do costume design on. I don't know. Like, or costume stylist. I guess. I mean, I don't think of that costuming as being... I don't remember what that costuming was like. I mean, it was kind of normal, but she had different... Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's still like a, a step in a direct... If you got that gig, you're going to get more gigs, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so Heidi was talking about the show and who she related most to in Euphoria, and it was Rue, because she grew up as a skater girl. Hmm. I was like, did you, Heidi? Did Rue skate, though? No, but Rue definitely has that skater look. Well, yeah, but she gave, yeah, okay. That's all that matters. Right. Okay. Right. And I feel like maybe Heidi was like that. Because I was like, not that I've done a lot of deep research, but I'm like, I haven't seen you on a skateboard once. So lies. I need to see you oh on Oh, my a- God. Just because <laughs> she's hot doesn't mean she can't ride a skateboard, Jackie. Judgment. Yeah, no. I want to see her on a skateboard, and I want to see her do some flips. Okay. Uh, you're like, show me a kickflip, and she does something. You're like, was that a kickflip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so, like, she talks a lot about how Sam's very, very detailed and, like, puts... This sounds douchey to me, honestly, and how he puts music to every, like, script that he writes. And he's like, no, really, put this song on, like, while he's, like, in the script writing. He'll be like, no, seriously, you need to put this song on. And think and imagine and listen to the song while you're acting it out. And I'm like, that's annoying. He tells that to the actors? Yeah, while they're, like, happy to read it. Or, like, and, like, Heidi, too. Because yeah. she, like, has to think of the of the scenario, I guess. So he's like, you got to put this song on. Which I will say they have some really good songs on there. But it annoys me that he, like, makes everybody listen to his Controlling everyone's process. Yeah. And um, sometimes he'll write, Heidi, do your thing. And she gets, she does have a lot of freedom. And that's why I, I feel like he, Sam is just, like, so focused on, like, writing um, that he, the reason it's so successful isn't because of him. You know? Anyways, she gave each character a color story to avoid blending characters' looks. And mm. that could have easily happened. And I'm really glad that she gave them each a color story because it, they do are, are very distinct otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, wa- I think they're distinct for other reasons, but I can totally see the value of creating a color story. Well, they are distinct in, like, character, but, like, if you... 
they could all dress the same still. And you know what I mean? Like Maddie and Cassie do have different styles, even though I feel like they're like twins and like they're best friends in a lot of scenarios. So like that could have easily been blended. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just important to keep each character distinct and mm-hmm. in, in what they represented as well. So yeah. anyways, um, yeah. So yeah, she said that she hung out at high schools doing research for the show, just kind of like lurking around, seeing what people were wearing, which sounds very fun. And like you said, it seems like sometimes, like with the scene where Maddie and Cassie show up in the same outfit, like from what I read, she came up with that. I don't know, like thinking about Cassie when she's like trying to get Nate's attention, like so much of that story was told through what she wore. Yeah. It just like goes to show like how much the costume design plays in that and yeah it sounds like she kind of helped guide that part of the story and I'm sure a lot of the story besides that the like Oklahoma outfit yeah (laughs) just like so good I actually really like that outfit yeah totally you can definitely imagine being in high school and having someone be like I mean I remember one time in high school someone asked me what I was dressed up for for Halloween and I was just like wearing my normal clothes (laughs) it was like you know wait was it Halloween though yeah well, I would have been confused, too, then. I would be like, what are you dressed up as? And you're just like, uh, I didn't dress up. Then well, I would yeah. be like, that's confusing. Well, okay, not everyone dresses up for Halloween. <laughs> and I think because I was, like, dressed kind of punk, they were like... Oh, yeah, yeah. They just thought I looked like... I don't know. Did you dress punk? For, like, a season. <laughs> I had, like, black hair, straight across bangs. I would do, like, the, the like, tie-up. Maybe it's, like, rockabilly punk. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, I need to see some But photos. I didn't, like, go full on, you know? Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like, And it seems like, I mean, people, the costume design was well-received, yeah? Like, is that your perception? A hundred percent. Like, I think it's one of the better parts of the show. That's, that's the reason we're doing the show. It's because the costume. Episode. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, and it started a bunch of trends. Like, I mean, now I'm seeing it more. Now that I've seen the show, I, I'm, like, at at crossroads shopping or I'm like wherever out and about and I'm like now I'm noticing the euphoria inspired clothing really yeah like what like the y2k is like y2k basically yeah I mean I think like cutouts and like like I showed you that thing with the um like the lace-up shoes Uh and you're like very euphoria it's like some of I think it's like mostly Maddie but I would, date, I would say Maddie is definitely driving the style. She's definitely the biggest influence style-wise. Right. right, and I think Jules probably... Jules, she, to me, her and Jules were the ones that had, like, the most, of, the most signature looks. I mean, the, those two characters, the, the actors, both were very involved in their costume process. Yeah, I heard Alexa Demi was the one who plays Maddie, but I didn't know that about Jules. I do not know the Jules name, like her, their oh, name. I do know this Hunter. Oh yeah, Hunter. Hunter Schaefer. I love that name. Mm-hmm. Hunter Schaefer was going to go to fashion school before they got their role in Euphoria. Really? Yeah, and knew a lot of like designers. And the first season was really important for getting Heidi connected to like small scale designers. Oh too. really? Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. Alexa Demi. I guess also, like, helped a lot with her costuming, and 
I don't know if you've read this about her, but she's like very mysterious apparently. Like doesn't really have a social media presence. Like this was like her first big gig, came out of nowhere. Yeah, that is my foot. <laughs> I was like, oh yes, resting. <laughs> Here, you can rest on the chair if you want. Um, and like no one knows her age. She like, I guess like doesn't say what her age is. So she's. Well, we shouldn't fucking care. I mean, you know, I just feel like totally. women get always, they're always like, what's your age? We gotta know now, right. you know what I mean? Right. Especially as an actress. You're yeah. just like, okay. I totally get why she would not want to reveal that. And yeah, so there are critiques on the show and shows about teens in general. Our girl Mina Lee did a YouTube about, about Euphoria. Was it about the costuming? It was about the costuming as well. I mean, honestly, go watch it. It's amazing. Um, everything immediately does fully support that person. Um, but yeah, it was about the costuming, but also their opinion of Euphoria. Yeah. And they also don't like it. They don't like it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and it made me think about the YouTube that Mina Lee did about shows about high school and how like a lot of times they don't get dressed like they are in high school. They get dressed really mature or really sexual or really expensive you know and it's like just kind of begs the question of like is that bad should they dress them like they're in high school like do we think it's fine that we see Lexi's character wearing Mew Mew I mean some people are rich some people do buy that clothing like right I mean I think also I mean it begs to so my tit just about to yeah it's really every just, time it's just <laughs> Um, Mina Lee also, I think, mentioned why is this show set in high school? Why is it right. not sh- set in college when the women are of age? And to that, I think it's because it's about family dynamics as well. Right. And you can't really do that when you're in college because you become kind of more isolated from your family and yeah. in those times. Well, and it makes it feel, it's supposed to feel kind of tragic. And I feel like in high school, we think of that behavior as way more normal. Like, so I think it wouldn't have been nearly as shocking. Right, right, exactly. And, um, but yeah. what, what do you think? Like, should they dress them like high schoolers? I don't know, because the storyline is so shitty, whatever. But, like, the outfits are the only reason I came to the, watch the show. So I'm like, no. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I would have been, like, so bored out of my mind. Yeah. I can't remember if it was her or someone else that was critiquing, like, I think it was her saying that you see these actors who, you know, they're not actually teens. They don't have zits anymore. Their hair is being professionally done. And then you have these teenagers watching and being like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to look like every day when I go to high school. And it's like, I feel like all TV and movies do that. I feel like I felt an an immense pressure to like look a certain way going to junior high. But it's not from watching shows about teens. It's just from watching shows in general it's just like being a woman mm-hmm. at, at any age right and like reading magazines i feel like magazines did some deep damage yeah. to us. deep damage yeah like how to not get wrinkles in like 10 insane ways like only have silk pillowcases i remember this lay on your back yeah if you want wrinkles you lay on your fucking side you dumb bitch and you're like oh god i gotta lay on my back <laughs> anyways yeah, i do sleep on my back <laughs> i literally do it to prevent wrinkles. Because really? I trained myself. I was like, cannot have wrinkles. And I was like 14. But yeah, I agree with you in that. And it doesn't, like, I think it, it, the pressure has always existed uh, for us. And, like, I don't think euphoria is going to change that. I do think social media has made maybe it more intense. And because I do see people, or just maybe they've gained more 
knowledge on how to, to do their makeup. There's just more access to makeup stuff and mm-hmm. hair stuff that kids can, like high schoolers can apply to. And there's like the more YouTube videos. I had just like toothpaste to put on my zits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a ton more products. Yeah, and you have access to them not just in magazines and, like, on TV commercials. It's really coming at you from all sides. Yeah, and if you're not learning it, why not? Because you have YouTube. Like, you can learn stuff. Right, right. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, I mean, how sexualized they were. It's it's obviously not just in Euphoria, but this is a really extreme example. And, like, it is strange to me, like, how we, as a society, it is illegal to have sex with a 16-year-old, but we have shows that pretty much just focus on how hot 16-year-olds are. Yep. It's like, pick a lane. Should we just make it legal? Like, Yeah. Why are we mad at people that have sex with 16-year-olds, yet we promote it in all the media sources? Yeah, right. It's like, after I watched episode one, I, like, went over to the couch, and all of a sudden I was, like, straddling Brian, and I was like, wait a second. Am I horny from watching Euphoria? (laughs) That's... What's happening? You're like, I'm a sick, sick bitch. Spank me, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The critiques are pretty obvious. We stated them earlier. I mean, there were expensive-ass clothes that no teenager, middle-class person could ever afford. And, like, just the... Again, you can't believe... Like, this show is a magical realism. Like, it's just not... It doesn't exist. Um, So there's... That kind of, like, gives way to that criticism, as in, like, this is not real, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And also just the sexualize the over-sexualization of young females is, not to sound like a grandma, it's just grotesque in the way that they, like, I'm like, we don't need to have every single shot a boob shot. Like, right. And, whatever. like, a lot of them came out against that. Sydney Sweeney was like, yeah, actually, like, a lot of times Sam would write, oh, and then she was topless, and I would say, does she really need to be topless? And he would, like, take it out of the scene. And I was like, okay. Maybe one out of a hundred times. Sam Levinson sympathizer, like, (laughs) suck up. Someone's trying not to get written out of season three. Yeah, because he, like, does that. Yeah, right. That's why he's, I don't like him. I don't, come at me, Sam. Let's fight. I don't know. Like, I just, like, think he's kind of slimy. Definitely. I just don't trust anyone who won't collaborate. It's like, don't write it yourself. It's a huge show. It's too big. Like, write a local play or like a pilot episode. Don't write an entire two season series on HBO Max yourself. Yeah, and there were so many plot holes that we like don't actually know if Sam Levison like had beef with some of the people, but trying to make sense of why there's so many obvious plot holes. Like for example, like why did Kat just lose her fuck like why do we not have anything about her in season two? Right. And it's because there was supposedly some beef, but Did game- you hear what it was? Yeah, because he wanted to write about how she should have like anorexia or bulimia. Right. right. And she was like, no. But like that may or may not be true, but like the fact that we're asking that, like, why is Kat missing is why we're like trying to get these answers. Right. She's neither confirmed nor denied, and neither has Sam. So like we don't actually know, but it's literally be- we're just like but We're why like, is Kat not something, there? Something's amiss. And I mean, like, Rue with the money. It's like nothing bad happens to her, even though she loses $10,000 worth of drugs. That's a big one. Like, big one. That's a big one. Like, also, I hate the endings that are just, like, talkovers that, like, go through the next couple years or in the future. And I'm like, this is not good writing. This is not good writing. Yeah, you had that complaint with House of Gucci. And am I wrong? I'm still, like... I agree with you more 
in this instance than in House of Gucci because I did appreciate whatever we don't have to get into that <laughs> listen to our House of Gucci episode so since we've stated our claim we can now finally dig into the outfits <laughs> we've talked about them a little bit but um okay so how about I'll say a character and you describe their style in like two words and then you say a character and I'll describe it in like oh two I words. love that okay okay um you want to go first sure brew uh Skater boy, how many words do I have? However many. Skater boy, like, neutral tones. Okay. Honestly, boring. Yeah. But yeah, skater boy, neutral tones. Okay. Cassie. Like, bubblegum, Spice Girl, Spice Girl, Brandy Melville. Yeah, that's it. We're Cat. Well, it's kind of hard because she transitions, but, right. like, the style that we know her as. Betty Page, punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very 90s at times. Like, yeah. Uh, Jules. Ethereal e-schoolgirl? I would say, yeah. I guess you would say e-schoolgirl. She wear, I think, what looks like Kalina Strada and whatever that looks That's like. That's like the ethereal part. Because, yeah, first season she was very, like, Y2K, but, like... Well, Sailor Moon was what she Sailor was... Sailor Moon, yeah, right. What did I say? Yeah, Y2K preppy e-girl. I think the e-girl was, like, the Sailor Moon that I was trying to get at. Something cosmic, something, like... But, yeah, and then second season, she's way more... A lot of flowy mesh, see-through. That's another thing that was, like, a weird plot that you're like, Sam, why why is Jules, like, not as involved anymore? He apparently had some beef with them, too. Really? Yes. Okay. Maddie. Definitely, like, Latina Y2K matching sets. Yeah. Yeah, very, like, Selena. Yes. Um, okay, so maybe we'll, like, now expand on... Oh, and then Lexi. Twee. That's just, like, twee. Oh, modern academia. Like, yeah. Right. Like, 100% annoyingly so sometimes. Yeah. That's the thing. It was, like, some characters had style, like, personal style, and some characters were just dressing as a certain aesthetic. Aesthetic. To match their characters, like, the storyline on a way that you're just like, uh... Yeah. Okay, so maybe we'll... Let's start with Lexi since she's the only one not on our actual list, and talk about her style and evolution. I have one sentence about her. What'd you say? Episode five, five, green sweater and single necklace, only one that wears the backpack. Oh, she has a backpack. I had a note for her early on. Oh, yeah, there's a, she has a sweater with a hot air balloon on it and then, like, a brown houndstooth miniskirt with red lips. So she's wearing the red lip, actually, already in season one. I think one of the YouTube videos we watched pointed out that in season two, she's doing a red lip and it's like symbolizing her trying to be more mature, but, um. No, you're right. It is. That is a good point. I mean, she wears Moo in the second season, mm-hmm. which is twee. It's, it's like the, it's almost, I think, vintage Moo if I'm not correct, mm-hmm. um, of that era of, like, the early 2000s, like, the... Well, you know, you remember that Portlandia bit where they're like, put a bird on it? Mm-hmm. That came from Moo Like, Moo like, fabric that they used had all those little birds on it. Hmm. And that's where Tumblr got that shit. It was from that Moo like, 2009 or something runway. Really? And she doesn't wear anything with birds on it but it feels like she does mm-hmm. yeah her aesthetic stays pretty consistent it's like she's growing she's staying herself but she's just growing so it's like first season you see her as like twee but she looks young she looks like not glamorous and then in second season she's like still twee but she just looks more fabulous well, she's supposed to, I think, be, like, the opposite of whatever Cassie is, I think. And she's also supposed to be the one that likes school. Mm-hmm. And so she's giving that. And also, 
I think she's supposed to be the quiet one that's paying attention to everybody, almost like a wallflower, at Mm -hmm. least especially in season one. And I think her clothes are supposed to symbolize that kind of like, I'm not trying to overtly sexualize myself. I mean, the Bob Ross Halloween costume was like a big example of like, she's not trying to sexualize herself in that way. Right. And because she's just not interested. Yeah, even Rue was more, she wasn't like in a super sexy costume, but she was like. Well, it was fitted. It was fitted to the body. Right. And it was, it was more feminine. Yeah. Even um, though, it, controversially, it wasn't. Whatever, we'll get to that later. Yeah, um, and we have to say that she dresses in Miu Miu, and Cassie wears Prada, and, you know, Miu Miu is the little sister brand of Prada, so Heidi Bivens really thought of everything. Yeah, that's pretty genius. Yeah, so Cassie, so Cassie wears pink and blue, right? Like, a lot of, like, pastels or well, like baby, yes. baby colors. The light blue is supposed to be her color, essentially. Okay. Um, what Heidi said. I, I wrote down on everybody's colors. Okay. I didn't, Lexi didn't have a color that she said, but. Okay, so Cassie's color is light blue. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like her costume development is supposed to be showing her, like, just, like, trying really hard towards the end. I feel like her main thing is, like, at the end where she's, like, trying to kind of be, like, Maddie. Yeah, her character development is just, like, to become Maddie. Basically, what I, she wants to be, like, she's, like, that girl that wants to be whatever the person that she's interested in is, you know? Oh, yeah, that was so sad when the guy made her, like, change her Halloween costume. So sad. I was like, what is your deal, dude? I don't think, I guess I had that experience, but I was never, like, I was inspired to dress like Mandy Moore from A Night to Remember, whatever it was. was it? Is that, is that what it's called? The movie where she has cancer? Yeah. That, you tried to dress like that? Yeah. Like, for Halloween? No. Like, like my would, teens. Like, you would just wear, like, a big sweater? I would try to get, like, the, yeah, like, the, I just look frumpy as fuck. Interesting. But, like, you can't see that in all my pictures. Other pictures I'm preppy, but that doesn't matter. But I just also, like, so I never really had that experience someone, like, put a sweater on you because I was already wearing one. (laughs) Got it, yeah. But I could see that happening, but I'm also just like, what the fuck? You're in college. Who gives a fuck? I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. I'm like, do men care about that? I mean, I guess some guys do, but controlling dudes do. Yeah. Uh, And then does she date anyone else? She dates... Nate. Nate and that guy. That's also another thing. McKay apparently quits the show. You never see McKay. And how she just suddenly likes obsessed with Nate. It's weird. But... Yeah. (laughs) Well, McKay, like, just didn't want to be on the show and he hasn't been... He hasn't spoken out about why. I mean, I can see why. He got... uh, He got raped. We think. That's why. What? On the show. He got raped? Remember when he got assaulted and all those guys came in? You think they actually raped him? That's what it's alluding to. Everybody's, like, debating if he actually got raped or not, but... I thought that they were just, like, roughhousing. Like, I feel like Cassie's reaction would have been way more intense. That's not wrong. But it seems like they were. I don't, we don't know. That's the thing. I thought That's they the were just trying to be, like... Yeah, okay, I didn't know about that conversation. I'm just looking through my notes right now to see, like... But, okay, so for her Halloween episode, she wore True Romance, uh, Patricia Arquette's character, and so the thing Heidi had to do for all these costumes was kind of get things from here and there, Mm. as you do for a costume, you know? Heidi had to find the right bra, obviously because her tits are ginormous, and she, she did, but she had to dye it to get that blue. Oh, wow. And the skirt is from, like, Dolls Kill. Do y'all know what Dolls Kill is? It's like party. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, the Halloween costumes 
Like they all were dressed as such niche characters. It was really brilliant on Heidi's part because they all had meaning like Barbie Ferreira's like the nun that like kills people. They all just had really niche Halloween costumes. I'm yeah, like, ridiculous. But like they do talk about it in the show, but it's on, I'm honestly like no Gen Z or knows any of these movies. Right, like I especially these kids. True Romance. And then at some point someone's like, oh, Cassie. Blah, blah, blah from True Romance. That's so good. And it's like literally no one would get that. Yeah, I loved that scene. It was like some guy that she wanted to fuck her. And then he was like mean to her. Yeah. Remember that? He was really mean. But guys are like that. I swear to God, some guys have fucked and been so mean. It's embarrassing how mean I've let them be to me. You know? It's like on that level. But she, like, I remember that he said that to her and she like walked away or whatever. And then Kat was like... Ted Bundy was taller to him. He's like, shut up. Because I think he was trying to dress up as Ted Bundy. He did look like Ted Bundy, though. I don't know what Ted Bundy looks like. Okay, never mind. According to my notes, Lexi's not the only one who wears a backpack. Jules wears a backpack, episode three. But do you call that a backpack? It's like a mini app backpack. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bunny or something, right? Okay, we should talk about Jules now, then. Okay. Jules, let me go to my notes because I have a lot of notes about Jules. Like, that's pretty much it. It's primary pink and candy colors is, there, is season one colors for Jules. Should we let Lulu in? She's fine. Um, okay. And then later on, there's more orange and acid green as mm. as it as she changes, obviously. And then season one, it's, like, focused on very feminine, very cutesy. It's supposed to love Sailor Moon, like we talked about, and, and, and dress very similar to Sailor Moon, like wearing a lot of cheerleader or, like, tennis skirts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Tennis skirts. That's something I saw at Crossroads, and I was like, Jules. Yeah, I do love a tennis skirt, though. I Googled tennis skirts after watching. I was vi- I, I have no a single opinion that's my own. You know what I mean? Like, I'm being intersected by media, and I think I'm interesting, but I'm just like, no, I just want to look like It's all about how you put it together in the end, though. I mean, that pair of shorts that I sent you the photo of that I wore to the baby shower, mm-hmm. it has, like, the flaps in the front, and I was feeling kind of tennis skirt vibes wearing it, especially because I paired it with a sweater vest. I was like, ooh, preppy. <laughs> yes, I know. I love that outfit. I, I'm just, like, very into the idea of high socks, tennis skirt. Mm. A big part of, this is what the makeup artist said, a big part of Jules is fuck the rolls. That's why I think I like her aesthetic the most, because it's just, like, it's an aesthetic for sure, but it's also, like, does not matter. Definitely, Um, especially as as the show goes on, like, to me, the biggest way her costuming reflects her character arc is that in the beginning, she's trying to be hyper-feminine, you know, because one assumes that it's, like, because she had to convince the world that she was a woman. Yeah. And then in the second season, they're, like, playing with other ways to be sexual and be who they are. They're trying to break out of the heteronormativity and, like, not be so controlled by, like, the male gaze. That was, like, their focus. Because, like, she wanted to convince that she was as passing. And then later on, it was more like, oh, I don't give... That's not what that's about at all. Right. I did like the... Even though sometimes I don't love the episodes where it's, like, one character goes off and, like, it's, like, a breakout episode kind of a thing where she goes to hang out with friends in a different city Mm -hmm. and and they have that conversation about sexuality and gender and stuff. And it just felt very authentic. It did. It felt like a conversation that people would actually have. Yeah, it did. It did feel that way. I also agree. Like, where people are kind of uncomfortable, but they're also, like, (laughs) yeah. And there was, like, weird pauses. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It, It was interesting. And I saw a TikTok and where it was just like about being trans isn't about passing. We're trying to get out of that way. And they're like, it's about creating chaos. This is my llama named Steve. And like it's changed voices. And it's just like, 
yes, like, yeah. it's about, like, creating this, let's get rid of the binary, man, whatever. Anyways. Right. But for season one, Heidi said it was really hard to find intimates for untucked jewels, like, underwear, because, like, that first episode, this, she had to, like, really search for, like, the right kind of underwear. Right. But she said season two was super easy, and she thinks that we're all just, we're going in the right direction. Who's going in the right direction? Society. She's like, that's something. Well, season two did come later because, like, it, yeah, filming was delayed. By then, there was... She said there was, like, a lot more options. And she was like, society's going in certain a certain Got direction. It. Got it. There was... There's a scene at some point in season two between Elliot and Jules when he... And Elliot is, like, saying... He said something about being tough. So I thought maybe you were referencing that. I, we don't ever talk about Elliot, but that's another point that I kind of want to bring up is, like... So Elliot's, like, the high-functioning drug addict. Yeah. It only matters... If you get caught as a drug addict, like, that's what the message that they're sending. You know, like, Rue got caught. Elliot's still doing drugs and has a drug problem, but it's fine? Or does it send the message that it only is a problem if you have an addictive personality? Like, you're either an addict who can't do drugs or you're not an addict? Which, I mean, to some degree, that is true. Like, some people are able to do drugs and not ruin their lives. But I feel like if you're in high school and you're doing heroin there is a problem. He, no, he most certainly has a problem. And I'm just like, why isn't he being held accountable as much as Brew is? Right, right. It's like Jules found out he was doing drugs too, but she only has to expose Brew. Yeah. Very hot character, though. You think so? I would have been so into Elliot. I mean, I thought he was very attracted too. What was up with that 15-minute goddamn song? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you kind of... <laughs> when he plays through the song. Yeah. I was like, can I get out of this room? You know what I mean? I felt like I was in the room and I was like, I, uh, get me out of here. That episode was so... The whole way it wrapped up, I was just like, oh my God. Well, apparently, like, he's a musician. That's what he does. And, like, he has a recording set, like, on set. He has, like, it was recording whatever room on set. And he was just, like, jamming out with Zendaya. And then they, like, put that song into the show. And I was like, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have done that. Wait, I don't get it. And yeah, I, they're, they're like, we heard on Shit's Creek that Catherine O'Hara writes <laughs> songs and then puts it on. It's like, yeah, that... Yeah, so I just want to say another critique is just, like, Elliot existing as a, like, a good version of drug addictness versus Rue's bad drug addict. Right. There is no good or bad. I mean, like, it's very hard and it's a problem. It's a problem. I don't like even using high function. It's like he's considered a high functioning drug addict, I guess. Which, like, people use that term, and you're just like, it's still a problem. And honestly, she was functioning. She was, like, in the show, we're supposed to believe that her girlfriend doesn't notice that she's on drugs? Yeah. Like, and considering that her mom had a problem, too, like... Which, like, I guess people do do opiates and still go to work and stuff, so maybe I'm, like... I do know that that's a thing. I mean, I do too. Like, you can't always tell that people are drug addicts, but like, we need to get rid of the. I think I'm trying to get rid of the word high functioning as mm-hmm. being okay. Mm-hmm. For sure. Anyway, so first episode we see Jules in is that purple overall dress and long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And that's just an example of what we're talking about with mm-hmm. like the really femininity versus like later down the road. Sorry, I just mm-hmm. hit Hope's boot. Later it. down the road. We're talking about euphoria and our tits are really involved. <laughs> they are coming out. I'm touching them. Yeah, like. That first episode to, like, season two, completely different vibes. Mm-hmm. Very cute pink on pink cheerleader high-waisted skirts, pink crop tops, a lot of pink happening. As I said earlier, we see a koala bag, which does stay with us. The koala bag comes yep. up again season two. Yep. And 
it's great because it adds that kid that's inside of Jules, and I really fucking love it. Yeah, I put kid core. And there's a lot of, like... But it's, like, not even kid core. She just is a kid. (laughs) Yeah. But she's, like, an older kid. You wouldn't see that normally on a 17-year-old, I guess. But she also wears, like, this dreamy blue shirt a couple times during season one. And it's, like, I think supposed to represent where she's at mentally. She's kind of got her heads in the cloud and very dreamy and kind of, like, doesn't worry about the circumstances of her sexual escapades, you know, yet. And Mm -hmm. then later on, she's kind of, like, she's having consequences. And, like, that dreaminess and that dreamy blue skirt and shirt or whatever is out the door. And, like, the eye makeup, too. She starts to get a lot more experimental, more edgy, yeah, less conventionally feminine. Yeah, and also just, like, the clouds being such a representation is pretty funny to me. Yeah. And we also found out she wants to go to Parsons. She tells Tyler, a.k.a. actually, Nate. Yeah, and has a lot of, like, fun backpacks. Yeah, for sure. One of my favorite outfits was, like, yellow plaid with cloud eyes and lavender shirt. I love that kind of though. yeah, yeah. And for the Halloween episode, she dresses as Juliet from Romeo plus Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann film with Leonardo DiCaprio in it, the best one, I would say. And it's actually, they found the dress as, it was a vintage dress, and then they remade it like four times so that they could do the scene where she jumps into the pool. Whoa. So they like trace it and redo the dress. And so that dress has been multitude, like multitude. And, and some friends of Heidi's made the wings and Hunter was like, I was obsessed with those wings. Those wings were really cool. Yeah. See, this is the thing. No teenager would have those wings on hand. Like that is like some artist level. For sure. Yes. Oh um, man. I'm really fading. I'm clinging. Should we just pause and we can record? I'm leaving for a week. We got to. We gotta go through this. Well, who do we have left? We've got Cat, Maddie, and I mean, Rue. Rue. I mean, well, let's just let's. We already did talk about Rue. Let's go about about Rue. She wears the red hoodie because she it reminds her of her father. They try to get rid of it during season two because it, I think showcased her guilt. She didn't want any like familiar love around her while she did drugs. Mm. Is what that was. So you didn't see the red hoodie as much. I didn't pick up on that. I mean, I definitely picked up on the red hoodie, but, like, yeah, I didn't think about her not wanting to wear it while she was on drugs. I find it interesting that she's, like, so different than Lexi and and the other girls that she hangs out with. It's, like... Yeah, what do you mean, like, just, like... Just her style, the way she represents herself, I guess. Yeah, it's, like, did your moms hang out? Is that why you're... Right. Yeah, like, I can see her and Lexi being friends because they're both... Don't care. Or, like, that isn't trying to be sexual. And they're not trying to be popular. They're just, like, earnest, I guess. Yeah. I do like their relationship. I know. I do really like Rue. You do? Yeah. As a person, yeah, I do, too. I just like how she's kind of chill. And also cares about the people around her, but also a little crazy and pushes whatever. I mean, obviously, I don't love when she... Is mean. Is mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it when they're mean. Yeah. Okay, so Halloween episode she dresses as she never addresses this because she definitely rue the character does not know who this person is but it's marlene dietrich Dietrich. and they dressed up as a man uh marlene dietrich dressed up as a man back in the 30 like early 20s and 30s and had a relationship with both men and women so it's like showcasing that she's acknowledging her like non-binariness And it was that tux. It was the largest little boy's tux that they could find. Really? Yeah. It's a little bit like tux, basically. Oh, that's cute. She looks so good. She did. It was. I thought it was so nice. Did you know Zendaya is a executive producer on the show? She's rolling in the dough then. Yeah. Rolling in that money. Did not know that. Okay. Anything else you want to add to that? Mm, no. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Cat. Cat, yeah. Okay, her primary colors are red and black. Okay. She does a lot of green eye makeup. She also does a lot more lip than all, all the other characters. Yeah. I think to kind of show her, like, bold sexualness. Yeah. She reminds me of, like, bad girl characters of the 90s. Like, almost like that movie that you, we were going to watch with ScarJo. Ghost World? Definitely. Definitely has that haircut. But I think she's going for Betty Page, I'm telling you. Well, yeah. Definitely. That's definitely her inspo. There's, there's definitely influence. But, like, kind of like the I don't care 90s. Uh, she definitely has some of that. Like, you're talking about the boots, I think. The well, boots, the short skirt, the, like, grunge or, like, punk influence. Definitely punk influence. I loved her zebra print BDSM purple lips look that she had. Yeah, there was a lot of punk influencing her aesthetic. She Her red is different from Rue's red because her red's, like, more, like, pure red versus Rue's is kind of a muted red, like a cardinal red. Because her red was supposed to represent, like, that sensualness, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she's... Yeah. I mean, they, it was, like, obviously quite overt. Like, she's wearing corsets or, yeah. like, harnesses. Which made me curious, like, what came first? I guess the harness trend came first. Euphoria didn't start the harness trend. But maybe they did. I honestly don't know. I mean, from all... My research... She's, my research oh, suggests... No. <laughs> that it was... The trend was here in 2019. Or earlier. And I think that's when Euphoria came out. Really? Yeah. Wow, they really did wait a long time to film season two. Yeah. Okay, so the statement of not giving a fuck is really important here, I think, for Kat. Because your body is so intertwined with the fashion that you wear, of course. The example that I was trying to give is... You know how models wear their day off outfits and it look it could have been worn by someone else that's like bigger and larger and it wouldn't be considered considered like any kind of fashion. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like when you are cat and cat like th- there's a statement about being fat in in this mo- this show in general and it was important to her to feel sexual in the clothes that she was wearing even though she's she was trying to almost feel like she was owning that look. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it's important to note that's why, like, it included her body and the way she was. It wasn't just about the fashion. It was also that she was fat. Mm-hmm. Like, that was part of the, the storyline that, mm-hmm. that was showing. Yeah. She talks about it, too, but. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, for, like, Sydney Sweeney to a degree, too, it's like, her boobs <laughs> are an important, it's like, yeah, hard for her to separate herself from them. No, exactly. It's like, how you look in your clothes is part of the fashion statement that's right. being said. Right. Unfortunately. Right. And it almost feels like, like as a fat person, you have to work harder to, to look sexual. Like, maybe that's not true. I think it was more like, I'm going to own this and feel like my body can be sexual. Right. It is complicated because it's just like, body parts come in and out. It's like, whatever. Anyways. Like body types go in and out of style. Oh, yeah. You said body parts go in and out. <laughs> I mean, it was the butt for a while. <laughs> Boobies are coming back. Right. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm so here for it. Yeah. We uh, have massive tits, just so the world knows. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us co- combined. The world cannot stop. Unstoppable. Anyways, so her Halloween outfit was Miss 45, which is a movie. Like, again, she never watched this. In reality, this I've never heard of it, and I feel like I'm hipster as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, But I am now curious. We should definitely watch this movie for yeah, movie night. it sounds good. And it's about a mute, a mute that gets assaulted and starts basically killing everyone. And she's also a nun. So I guess the whole movie is just, like, her not talking, hmm. which I'm, gonna, I'm kind of interested. Hmm. 
Um, so they found like a black slip, made a rope over it, and then what is that thing on her head? What is that texture? Oh, the habit. Wait, huh? Yeah, but it's like a certain. It's like not pleather. It's like it's sexy. It's like almost like a condom. Oh. What is that? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Fuck. It's a plastic. Hope's useless at this point. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I don't see you digging into the archive. Yeah, but I was relying on you to know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, I feel like shoes can be made of it. Like. Yeah, you guys might, you know it. You're probably screaming at your radio if you made it this far. Um, But yeah, it's... It's that pleather. It's hot. It makes it sexier. Definitely. Yeah. Very cool. And her eye makeup is killer in that scene. I love it. And then like the very end episode, like the last episode of season one, it's clearly Betty Page. Mm -hmm. She is. It is funny that they all go to the dance. The last episode for season one is like it's ends on it going to the dance. It's just kind of funny. Just classic. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. Do you have anything notes that you want to add to Cat's style? No, you're killing it. Thank y'all. Last but obviously not least, Maddie. So like we said, Selena vibes. You said giving a lot of purple. Well, primary color is purple for her. That's what um, Heidi said. And I also recently watched a TikTok saying that actually purple doesn't exist. We don't know what it is, but our color, our binds can't understand it, so it translates as purple. Google it. Apparently that's real. You texted me that, and I was like, I don't feel like... I have the capacity to really absorb this. Like, it's just so upsetting. <laughs> I'm like, I hate that when it's like, like, oh, sh- this one shrimp sees 10 colors and we see these colors. And it's like, makes me feel like nothing is real. Which yeah. I already feel like we're all living in a simulation. But yeah. Do you really feel like we're living in a simulation? I just don't rule anything out. Yeah, me too. I feel the same way. And she's definitely, like I said, a matching set girl. There's mm-hmm. also like... A funny TikTok. I know I'm referencing TikTok, but that's where I live. But she, where they're just like, there's one thing about me that you can guarantee, and that's that I'm a matching set girl. And it's like a girl that's like showcases all her matching sets. And Maddie is definitely on that list. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to show that she's like got her shit together. She knows who she is. She's well thought out. The confidence is like booming it's like so loud i mean maybe she's just an amazing actor like we said cindy sweeney isn't actually like cassie but it's just hard to believe alexa demi demi not being super confident like that oh my god yeah i love her like i remember when her and nate got in a huge fight and she was like leaving the house and her dad was like i'm gonna protect my son sorry i know you're a smart girl and she her response was like Y'all's family is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. She's just, she's right on the money, baby. Like, right on it. Anyways. Yeah. She's a person that I don't know if she really exists. I feel like I've met people like her. For sure. Like, confident, calling it out. Probably an abusive relationship still, though. Yeah. It just It's like, she seems to have, like, no fear. I did think a really good moment in showcasing her character was when Cassie was in the bathtub and, you know, the guy, like, looks in the bathtub, and he's like, some girl's passed out in here. And she goes, who cares? Let's go dance. <laughs> that was good. I wonder how I would. I would be like, no, I want to know. Okay. Of course. Yeah. She wears lots of big hoops, which is very, like, Latinx. And, I mean, her style is obviously very inspired by being Latina, which I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. needs to be noted. Yeah, um, like, her, the cutouts and, like, the, like, stretchy pants, kind of, like, flared stretchy pants, very Selena. Yeah. 
Her Halloween episode outfit is the taxi driver, Jodie Foster's character. And apparently one of Heidi's friends painted on the blouse to get the flowers. Oh, cool. And I really love that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do that now. Oh, man. What? That's just so exciting. I've been, I've been thinking about painting shirts lately. We'll definitely get some inspo. We sh- you should get some movie inspo. Yeah. Old school movies like that. Because that's like, that's some beautiful like 70s style like paint, like especially on um, cowboy tuck stuff. Yeah. There's some like really good embroideries that you could just paint on. Mm-hmm. Anyways, lots of barrettes. Fucking love the barrettes going on. Love the barrettes. Okay. The final episode of season one and her dance outfit. She had a veil on, like a... I said that the veil is like the eyes version of Lena Del Rey's mask that she wore to her. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. She wore a mask to their dance? It's a veil. A veil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope was fast forwarding through the scene. No, I did watch this. I did watch that. And she wore a boa over it. And then it was a two-piece. And it was like see-through glitter. So insane. This is like, this is her just without even the bow on, but you can see the... Oh my god. But yeah, so it's very, it's a lot and I fucking love it. It's just so extra, it's so like glittery, like... And it's like... It's pants, but it's obviously it's underwear. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like nothing I've ever seen before, honestly, that like veil. It's like, almost like a visor meets one of those veils. Yeah. She's just... Oh, oh, Louis Vuitton. Yeah, she, was, she wears a lot of Louis Vuitton. Yeah, yeah. Because that's Y2K shit, dude. I feel like she definitely wore, like, a boa over it in the car. You can't really see it now. But I did love that she had a moment to be, like... Because I feel like season two, they even, like... Oh, the Eve tattoos that she was wearing. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's so... There's a lot of cultural references. There's a lot more put-togetherness of her aesthetic that I really liked. Like, she wore... Um, fuck, for her birthday. What who? What was the brand? That, Mark Jacobs. So, Mark Jacobs made her birthday dress. Uh, Maddie's birthday dress. And it has a little M on it. And it's so cute. But it could also stand for... It stands for Mark Jacobs, but it also stands for Maddie. Oh. Um, it's also just a slip. She also, the New Year's Eve dress that has a bunch of cutouts that would like, where she's knocking on the door, like, are you taking a shit? And she's got the long gloves. Yeah. That was like, she helped design that with one of her friends. Wow. And with Heidi, I think it was like a collab. So. I also just loved that they had her in long gloves while she was banging on the door. It just felt like perfect. It, it did. I loved like, it was such a glow up. I mean, like, she already had such a cool style season one, but you could definitely tell that it was professional season two. Like, her style was almost, like, detailed and perfect. Like, you couldn't afford it, you know? Like Right. Okay, I just want to say, her relationship with the woman she babysits for, not believable for me. I mean, yeah, no woman would ever give up her dress for anybody for any reason. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, the, <laughs> when they're just chilling in the pool, like, she gets home. First of all, does she get divorced? Like, wasn't there a man in the picture, and then, in, like, all of a sudden he's not there, and then she comes home, and she's like, let's get drunk and go in the pool, and it's like, what? Yeah, what, seven, why do you want to hang out with a 17-year-old? Yeah, like... I, well, because she had some drama, you know, that's what she was just trying to talk to. I don't know. She was there to have the closet. She, like, literally, she was there to have the closet. Which is also Maddie's, the real actress's, like, friend, like, runs a vintage shop in L.A. And she asked her friend to come in with all those. That, that's all her. That's from the vintage really? shop. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. 
Yeah, it's to have those moments of her trying stuff on and then I feel like they needed someone for Maddie to talk to, although she has Cap. Yeah, I just really don't understand why they have her talking about the thing with Cassie. It doesn't feel like it leads to anything. Yeah, well, it's her being like, don't worry about it. But then like, she gets a dress out of it. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Never in a million years would I get drunk with a 17-year-old and be like, here's one of my most expensive items that I have. Like, I don't know. It's just it's not something I would do. In high school, for my prom, I wore my boyfriend's aunt's dress. Actually, like, my boyfriend and I weren't even dating anymore, but his aunt had already lent me this dress. I was going to prom with someone else. Me and my... How did... Why did we all hang out with this woman? I don't know. But she had vintage prom dresses, and me and my friend both wore her prom dresses to prom, and they let us all pick them. We all tried them on. That's epic. It was, yeah. Mine had like a huge bow on the back. It was like 80 oh, short. Oh, I love that. The huge bow on the back. And I had to get it altered to fit me, but she still asked for it back afterwards, which I was like, I mean, fair, but yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even get to keep that dress. And it got altered to fit you? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no offense, lady, but you're never going to fit into the dress that I fit into when I was 15. Yeah. Like. There is no way. Yeah. Like maybe she thought, I don't know. I'm not sentimental about that kind of stuff. Like. I threw away all my yearbooks. Damn. Maybe it was sentimental for her. Yeah. I stole my senior year prom dress. Really? It was a vintage one, though. It's I looked hot. I didn't wear, like, anything flowery blue. It was, like, a red short dress that had, like, it was hot. Yeah, we'll have to post some pics. But that is all, right? <sighs> Thank God. Oh, my God. I'm hanging on by a thread. Yeah. I hope you guys stay interested. I know Hope's falling asleep to my every word right now, but... It's just been a tiring week, but yeah. There, oh, dude, I know. There we have it. Euphoria. We did it. Um, we'll probably back, be back for, for more season three because the outfits, frankly. Cut. The outfits. Because I like the, being cucked, basically. <laughs> this shirt. Oh my God, with the safety pins. See, that's so put together. You know, like, epic. So obsessed with Maddie. I'm obsessed with Jules. Jules is my icon, and you're more of a Maddie. I'm more of a Jules, aesthetically. I, you think so? I mean, I'm obsessed with Cleta Strata. Are you a matching set girl, though? You got a matching set right over there. I've got one. I mean, I'll take it. I don't know that anyone would make that comparison to me, <laughs> and you don't actually own any Colleen Estrada, but I do. I will one day. I feel like you do do more, like, you, like, a lot of layers, and I feel like Jules does a lot of layering. That's a good point. Um, I, if I had the money, I would, I would have all of Jules's outfits and some of Maddie's. Like, I feel like Maddie, again, a lot of her body, like, it's her body that's pulling all this shit off. There's no way. I mean, you can actually wear all of these and not be her body. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be hard to, like, get society not to make, think that you're making a statement otherwise. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing, like, anything she wears. <laughs> anything. If I had tiny boobs, maybe. But I don't. Would you wear anything that Cassie wears? I mean, it would be easier to pull off. Maybe some of her season two stuff would be fun. But for the most part, she's just wearing, like, sweaters. Yeah, and, like, denim. Yeah. There was at one point I noted she wears like a hoodie that's like cinched at the waist. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. That was very 2000s though. Yeah, right? Like 2010s? Yeah. Well, is. okay. Yeah, we're not really ending with a bang, but we're, <laughs> we're ending anyway. <laughs> love you. Yeah, love you. Bye.